Hello, everybody. Welcome to Health Chatter, our episode on war and health, which unfortunately is a, a sad subject, at least from, from my, my perspective. Um, we have you know, a great, great um, group here uh, that's really helped us with everything behind the scenes in getting ready for this, for this episode. Uh, Aaron Collins, Maddie Levine, and um, and Matthew, all are, are, are wonderful, wonderful researchers and production people. And then, of course, my esteemed colleague, uh, Clarence Jones, who we've been around a little bit. So we, we hopefully have something to say on, on this subject, as sad as it may be. And then also, I, I think I might have um, missed this last time, but I also want to thank uh, Human group as our um, our sponsor, our continuing sponsor for our uh, Health Chatter podcast. So welcome to everybody. We Thank invite you. insights from, from everybody. I thought I would kick this off by um, reading something from the New York Times today. This is today's newspaper, New York Times. Fears of global food crisis are swelling as a Russian blockade of Ukrainian seaports and attacks on its grain warehouses have choked off one of the world's bread baskets, deepening fears that President Putin is using food as a powerful weapon in his three-month-old war. World leaders called for international action to deliver 20 million tons of grain trapped in Ukraine. Some warned that unless the port of Odessa is opened soon, there is a great threat of famine in some countries and political unrest in others and what could be the gravest global repercussion yet of Russia's assault on its neighbor. So that's just one of what we've listed out I believe is like 20, close to two dozen topics to, or discussion points as it relates to war and health, in this case, the war in, in Ukraine. So Stan, this is Clarence. I, uh, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for your wonderful introduction, but also the fact that this is our fourth show and we really try to be very open to current situations in, in our world around the issues of public health. And so this one was one of those subjects that kept reoccurring as we were talking about subjects that we wanted to talk about. And I think, as you just mentioned, you talked about the food, but you also can see the impact that uh, this has had on us uh, in terms of that they recently had to use military planes to bring in baby formulas to our right. country. I mean, right. so we're talking about something that you know, is uh, vital for us. Uh, it, it caused me to think, now I just had to take, I had to do this, qu this quick aside. I think it also talks about the importance of us talking about breastfeeding uh, because uh, it that's also a public health issue, even though we don't think about it like that. But this issue has caused some, some real great concerns in our community around a variety of different things. And it's causing us to rethink how we look at, at what we are, uh, 
experiencing and what we are doing and how we may have to readjust as a result of, of these things. So, you know, you're right. The, you know, we talked about food, you know, and uh, we didn't, we didn't put down breast, breast, uh, breast milk when we were, uh, when we were talking about things, but eventually what happened or, what, or what's happening is, and what's occurring is that a lot of things are starting to be uncovered right. as we continue to go into this war. And even though it's, thousands of miles away from Minnesota. Right. Uh, it still has a, a vast and a grave impact on us. Absolutely. So um, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. Um, unfortunately, we're talking about this subject because there's a war going on. Okay. But yet from a research perspective, there has, there has been uh, research done on the impacts that that war has on health overall. So let's let's start out with with two arenas, infectious disease and chronic disease. Now, as far as infectious disease is concerned, let's put COVID aside for a second, because that that's that's a cloud that's hanging over the world everywhere. But think of all the you know when there's destruction that goes on in in a country. Think about all the different types of infectious diseases that start circulating, whether it can be an increase in hepatitis or malaria, or even, even sexually transmitted diseases, HIV, how these things can, can crop up. And how is it when we, when we see these things and we're in, you're in a war-torn country, how is it that you manage them? How is it that you address them? How is it that you 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 treat people? How is it that you identify people that do have these infectious diseases? It's it's to me it's 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 really sad. It's like we know it's going to happen, and yet to a certain extent, it feels as though, from a health perspective, health professional perspective, our hands are somewhat handcuffed because maybe perhaps of the overwhelming nature of it all. So Sam, let me, let me expand that conversation that you, that you were just talking about. You mentioned the war in Ukraine uh, and how it's impacted us, but we have a, we have wars in this country too. We have a war on crime. We have a war on drugs. Uh, we have a war on uh, uh, health and equity. We have a war on, you know, medical access. I mean, you know, uh, it, it, those are wars as well, and and it, those are issues also that are impacting the 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 public health of our of our of our country. And so the war in Ukraine expanded. I mean, you just open up even greater those those opportunities for us to have this conversation. So I'm taking this. I'm taking a kind of a. Uh, I'm expanding on what you talked about, but I do think that we have a variety of wars that we have never named, and that we have named. And it has an impact on our public health. And so what do we do? You know, it's, it's interesting when, when, we de when we deal with this. Um, I think as a, as a country, you know, from, you know, like, well, I don't know what the last amount of money was that was okayed by Congress. is like $43 billion sure. that was okayed like almost like instantaneously right. to provide military sure aid out of you know at this point at least 
to Ukraine. And then, you know, we have to somehow, there's a, a little bit of a balance to your point, Clarence. Wow. Look how quickly $43 billion was just spent. Mm -hmm. And yet when we have these so-called wars that we're dealing with at home, how often do we have to sit and just pontificate forever about how this money can be spent and how quickly it can be spent on all these issues that we're trying to deal with? So there's this balance. I, I believe what happens is uh, we respond to an immediacy of a situation. Well, you know, it's interesting enough, the, 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 you know, you're absolutely right in terms of it takes us years sometimes to come up with a, uh, an answer for what we see that's obvious. Uh, the, the, the impact of crime, drug abuse, I mean, those are things that are known and, you know, and we're still, you know, fooling around with it and then the war in Ukraine comes and it's like let's do it quickly I think it's it's a matter of of interest uh and it's a matter of politics it's a matter of power mm-hmm. uh it's a matter of uh, a loss of property power whatever else and so we have to figure out as a as an individ- as individuals and as a country and as a community you know how do we understand the value of us addressing issues before they become crises. Correct. It's like an, it's like immediacy of need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to your point, it's well taken. You know, we've had needs, a lot of needs right here. Um, So let's get back to some of the, the, the things that we've listed as talking points. How about chronic disease? Okay. So, um, Oh my goodness. Think about if somebody is there now and mm-hmm. I'm talking in your, in your sure. brain and all of a sudden they have a stroke. Sure. I don't care if it's somebody, you know, if it's a citizen, I don't care if it's, it's somebody who's, you know, defending the country. What happens? What ha- or if they have a heart attack or they're stricken with some, where, where do they, go how are they how are their needs attended to well their needs many times are not attended to because they, the, the hospitals have been blown up exactly the, the clinics have been blown up i mean you know we, we were talking be, we were listening before we we're talking about the the issue around diabetes you know how do you how do you keep insulin cool in a country where there's no electricity you know well i, right. don't, I don't know i don't even know how much they pay for that pay for insulin over there but I know it's a real big issue here in this country. I mean, so there's there's those kinds of things that we have to think about and how does it impact our supplies here? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, those things that are there, uh, the, the the transference of resources there, how does it impact us here? How does that, you know, affect our public health as we're trying to address their public health? I mean, it's really uh, something for us to be, concerned about and i think that's why i'm glad that we're entering into this conversation because i don't think people talk i mean people have i'm over here i'm over there but where is the middle where we can begin to talk about these things and how we might be able to you know address as as appropriately as possible the low-hanging fruits yeah that will benefit everybody yeah maddie aaron any any perspectives on this that you want to bring into our our conversation here 
you're still thinking? Um, I actually have been doing a little bit of background research as you guys have been talking. Something really interesting that came up in a CNN article is it's not just the people in Ukraine that are struggling with supply shortages. It's the bordering countries that are struggling to keep up with the increased clientele. You've got all these Ukrainians becoming refugees in neighboring countries. And thank God that these countries are opening up their borders to help these people, but it's affecting everybody else in that country due to increased need. So what about the diabetics and stroke patients that are already in those European countries? Are they suffering also because of the increased need? You know, also, is it, 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 the answer is yes. You know, right. they're, they're suffering too. You know, what, what, what struck or is striking in my head right now is the idea of when do we start the health intervention? Interventions. Do we wait until theoretically this war is over and then we go into high gear? Or how is it that we implement these these responses, these health responses as we go? How do we do these humanitarian health responses ongoing here? Um, and I, I haven't read or heard of, of anything yet, okay? I might be mistaken there. I don't think you are. I think, at, well, at least, at least I'm, I'm with you in the, in the sense that, you know, we're talking about the bombs, we're talking about the destruction, uh, but in terms of the public health portion of it, I really don't understand it. I, I, and I, and I, and, and so let, let me put it like this. I don't know that I would want to go into a place where there's bombs being dropped on my head either. Or you know, I'm saying, or where things are being—I I don't know that I would want to do that. I mean, I—I I think as a public health uh, person, I would—I would have—I would—I would weigh that out, okay. But I—but I—but I do think that I—I I would want to know about how I might be able to uh, provide some kind of assistance. I always talk about the low-hanging fruit. What are the low-hanging fruits that we can do to help? in this situation. I mean, even when I talk about crises here in, in this country, I always talk about what are the low-hanging fruits that we can do? Because I know that at the top of the tree, that that's going to take a year or two before it gets down. But there are some things that, that at, at the ground level that we can do. And I don't know that we have enough conversations about that. I mean, so we talk about, let's give money to the Red Cross. You know, I mean, and I'm, I'm for that. So I'm not, I'm not against that. But there are other things that I think that is from a public health perspective, we might look at. And I don't know the answers to that either. Yeah, it's like, how do you prioritize? Right. You know, it's like, what, what's, what is the, the low-hanging fruit? And who's making the decisions about this so that health professionals can provide their expertise one way or the other? Right, right. You know, to, for our for our audience, what I thought I would do because you know we could we could talk about all these different topics for a long, long time. But let me just give the gestalt of the different topics here. All right, we already mentioned infectious disease, chronic disease, and and famine. Um, how about water? Mm -hmm. Water and 
and sanitation, which is a huge, huge issue. Um, where will care be done? Mm-hmm. I mean, once, even if, even if the, the bombing stops, where will the care be done? If the hospitals are closed or the clinics are bombed, um, healthcare workers, how is it that we're going to engage them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Clarence said, I'm not so sure I'd want to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. How do you engage healthcare workers to go? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, air quality mm-hmm. and ventilation in, in, well, ventilation in buildings, whatever's left of them. I mean, I mean it's like you got to start sure. all over again. Sure. Um, housing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if people start moving back in, um, they have to move into something, you know, some kind of a shelter. And how is it that you time it for people to move mm-hmm. back in if they choose to even move back, move yeah. back to their, their country? You know, one of the things, the other thing I thought about Stan too was, you know, with this, and, and someone mentioned this, I don't know, either Aaron or Maddie mentioned it, it's about the whole issue around the, the, uh, the transference of people across borders, yeah. What about what about what about childhood immunizations? I mean, you got you got. I mean, even though it's been it's been you know three, they say three months. I mean that that three months has really messed up a lot of different people to do a lot of different kinds of things. You know what I mean? And so, what about what about childhood immunization? I mean, you know, it doesn't take long for things to go haywire. You know what I mean? You never know. I mean, something might, might right. pop up. Like recently, we just got monkeypox. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, just all kind of stuff. You know, I right. mean, so these are public health issues that that we have to be concerned about uh, when it comes to uh, individuals and and people moving and those kinds of things. And so I mean, you bring just... up a great point there. It's like, okay, kids have there's timing of vaccinations. Exactly. Okay you know, childhood immunizations. And um, what happens if that timing is off? Sure. Okay. What impact does that have on, on their growth on it's, it's, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. So you're, it's not only the immediacy of the situation, but Mm -hmm. it's also, I almost think of it as a layers of the onion. Sure. (laughs) Which layers are we peeling off here in order to, provide the necessary help you know there's other issues here um mental health oh my goodness that's been at the top of the list kind of sort of i think you know whoa yeah i mean think about um you know distress syndrome mm-hmm. uh, for people um for veterans mm-hmm. coming back i mean many of these um People who are defending their country weren't even trained. Sure. Weren't sure. even trained. They just said, I'm volunteering. Right. And it's just like, whoa, I didn't know I was getting into this. And what effects does it have going forward? Many of these people um, saw many of their friends and colleagues and family members die right in front of them. Exactly. Liter- literally. And then they had to bury them in these mass graves just because there was no other way to do it. And 
think about that. The the mental health repercussions of that going forward for generations. You know, I think that 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 I mean, we're not morbid people. I know you stand. You're not a morbid kind of guy, <laughs> okay? But uh, I do agree with you. I I just believe that. I thought about this. I, I think I mentioned this in in a, in a prior meeting. Is that you now have people that have never had these kinds of experiences they've seen people dismembered they've seen people blown up they've seen you know they've seen the rotten corpses uh, you know what kind of trauma will that will that have on them and then the long-term effect you know you don't know how people are going to respond after they uh are uh, uh subjected to these kinds of things i think about the russian soldiers who are who have been who've been ordered to do all these things uh, according to the newspaper, to communities, you know, even if they escape uh, being caught and tried he, in, in those courts, they're going to go back to their communities. And you don't know. Right. You don't know what they're going to be like when they get back there. I mean, one of the things for me has always been like, I don't I don't uh, revel, you know, in people that do horrible things to other people. You know, somebody like, well, they deserve it kind of stuff like that. I'm not there. Because some people get into those kind of situations and they kind of like that stuff. And I just don't want them living next door to me. You know what I mean? So, I mean, so, right. I, so, I mean, so that's, that's kind of my, my perception here is that I'm concerned about the, as you talked about the mental impact of people, I'm concerned about how people are going to moving forward, public health issue, the war, the impact of war, the mental health issues of people. How is that really going to affect our world? Cause we don't need any more mass murderers. Amen. So, you know, Aaron brought up a, you know, a point. Actually, I was thinking we're on the same wavelength here, Aaron. It's like, okay, what have we learned from history? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So let's go back to World War II, which was mm -hmm. a, you know, a huge war. Sure. All right. Um, what have we learned from that that we can apply to, um, to this in order to heal? truly heal one thing for sure that's very very different is um how this invasion and war has been communicated think about it if you want to know about what's going on in ukraine all you have to do is <laughs> frankly put on you know msnbc or cnn or whatever and, and you fox. can get or fox or whatever and and get immediate input, you know, on, on an evasion that's happening right now. And so it's like different. That's a major difference than what it was in World War II. A lot of the communication could have been, you know, a week later, but if not what, more. Right. But you know what? I, I do think about that, that instant uh, news feed. It also can make us, make us very jaded, you know, uh, and like, yes, you know, become like less sensitized to what's going on. I mean, I'm not going to tell a lie. You know, I get up in the morning. Uh, I, I used to get up in the morning every day, basically, and turn on YouTube to kind of figure out what, what was going on. I'm, I'm getting slower and slower with that stuff because at, at some point it becomes kind of a, an overload. I mean, you hear that stuff over and over again, but I, I do want to hear. Yeah, if you don't mind, let, uh, from Aaron and Maddie, uh, 
your your perceptions. You know, uh, I, we talked about this World War II versus today. I, is there anything that you are sensing about a connection in terms of public health and uh, you know its impact? And what do you know about it? Um. Yeah, I think I. What my mind always goes back to is the effects that times of conflict and crises have on already existing, like vulnerable and marginalized communities. I think that can oftentimes be overlooked. Um, and I think that um, that might not have been as talked about during, you know, World War II and in earlier times of conflict. But I think now with, um, you know, health, health equity being a very important topic, Within the, within the public health space, I think that it's important that we continue to highlight how um, war and times of conflict um, kind of exacerbate the already limited resources and opportunities that marginalized communities have. For example, you know, um, during war and times of conflict, um, access to resources is stripped, access to medical care is limited, um, access to food and other critical supplies is often limited. Um, and I think certain communities, mostly, um, you know, at least here in the United States, what that has looked like is BIPOC and, um, and um, lower socioeconomic communities have an even more difficult time accessing those what are even more limited after times of conflict, um, you know, and, and so I think that's kind of, I feel like that's where my mind is always, um, is sort of how are vulnerable communities being affected, um, kind of always, but post times of conflict, um, I feel like they are even more limited to an equitable distribution of resources, equitable opportunities, um, things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. And um, again, we kind of throw our hands up and say, point well taken. But, you know, how do we how do we proceed? You know, what what thing that I, I actually Matthew brought this up when we did a, um, a little bit of preview of this before the show um, was overload of issues. Mm -hmm. It's just like, Oh my God, you know, here we are for, you know, two and a half years plus been dealing with COVID and it becomes a daily assessment for each of us. All right. Then throw on top of that a war. Okay. And then throw on top of that, just our balancing things with our daily lives, whether it be work or illnesses or whatever it is and my god how is it that we you know we as just individuals in a um in a country that is trying to in this case trying to support ukraine how is it that we balance all this stuff out mm -hmm. just you know from an individual perspective a community perspective a country mm -hmm. perspective mm -hmm. it's it's hard you know, excuse me, Stan. 
one of the things that I was thinking about was that how does it feel when you know that you are no longer a collateral damage uh, impact? You know that that you intentionally you you intentionally targeted. You know what does that do in terms of your mental health? I mean, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that's happening in Ukraine and 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 some and in this country at times, people are being, it, you know, they're not just collateral damage. I mean, right? They're actually being uh, shot at, killed purposefully. You know, how does that how does that change how you respond? How do you act? How does that impact the public health? Does that make you less? Uh, caring about individuals when you realize that you're not valued, you're not care. I mean, uh, I mean, we can go into a lot of different things. We'll just we'll say with the Ukraine war, okay? Uh, when you when you go into some of these villages or you hear about some of these villages where people are just being they're just being killed and their the, the territory and their homes are being destroyed, those people are saying like we just want to kill somebody else, you know what I mean? And like that's that's a very uh interesting place to be in yeah you know i um clarence i have a question for you sure. um as it relates to this mm -hmm. do you feel you know from you know in from the african-american point mm -hmm. of view in that mm -hmm. community you know we've been dealing with um racial issues mm -hmm. that have been very very heightened sure unfortunately and lately in the in this country mm -hmm. do you believe that something like um the war in 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 ukraine is diverting attention it's like okay yesterday we talked about racial injustice and all these things that have that have happened and i think it's like um all of a sudden we're given another thing to worry about so we focus our focus our attention focuses all of a sudden differently and then does that kind of decrease the importance of an issue that was really heightened for quite a while back at home yeah so I, i'm gonna always answer as an individual okay yes yes okay always as an individual i think for many people it could mm-hmm Okay, I I still think that there are, uh, there is still a, a a strong effort being made to, um, to address those issues, but once again, you start to take a look at the disbursement of money. And resources, and you kind of see that, uh, yeah, for some folks, it's easier. It's some folks, it's easier to do things in Ukraine than it is to do things in in Detroit, right. You know what I'm saying uh, some people mm -hmm. feel like I, you know, and I don't know, I can't, I can't read their mind. Some people feel a greater investment in Ukraine, which is a couple thousand miles away from them than it, than it is in Detroit, which might be 200 miles away from them. And so you have to look at the human condition, the human nature and say, how then do we respond? That's why I always, always go back to this whole idea about, you know, the low hanging fruit, you know, giving people the opportunity like this conversation that we're having now, it gives people the opportunity to, to hear more from different perspectives, and then they can decide how they may want to address it for themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, um, the government's going to do what the government's going to do, you know. And I and I, you know, I ain't I ain't mad. I'm just saying. Yeah. But I, I but I always think that health chatter was really designed 
to help people to enter into the question for them to make a decision, an informed decision, an appropriate decision, and a transparent decision, because a lot of these issues that we are talking about, they're struggles for us. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not, I mean, like I said, I'm I, I, I'm totally candid. Like, you know, you watch that stuff long enough, you get, I care. I care. But you can get jaded real Absolutely. quick. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you just get so much. So I think that the the, the, the important part here, and you, and you, I think you, and I'm hoping I'm answering the question. I know I'm talking a lot, but I think the, the question here really is about us having these different kind of conversations about things that I know that people are talking about and then giving people, giving others the opportunity to be able to weigh in or to give comments or those kinds of things. That's all we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of leaves us a little bit empty, that mm -hmm. empty feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Aaron brings up a good point. How do we, how do, um, how do we decipher, you know, fake news? Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? It doesn't matter if we're dealing with a war in Ukraine or we're mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, COVID or um, racial issues. Um, that question is an important one. And how is it that we determine what's real <laughs> and what's what's fake? Um, part of it, part of the answer, I think, to that, Aaron, is is that a, an answer that I give to people regarding COVID, and it's this: you have to do your own personal risk assessment or personal news assessment, in this case, on a daily basis, and make judgments as best that you possibly can. Okay, um, and that. In this in this social media world has become more difficult for for a lot of people. You know what, Stan? I, I want to say this. I think I think it's an excellent question. Yeah. But my 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 thinking is that people are making decisions based on their interest, based on their benefit. You know, mm -hmm. what do you get? What what benefit do you get out of lying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, really. I mean, what what benefit do you get out of? And I mean, it, it's a bit amazing to me uh, listening to some of the politicians and some of the quote unquote leaders where they'll get up and they'll lie and they know that they're lying and people around them know that they're lying. But people still will 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 uh, support them in those lies because there's some kind of they, they perceive some kind of benefit. But what I, I always think about is that whether I. Uh, whether I like things or not, I'm connected to Edina. I'm connected to rural Minnesota. You know and I'm saying, and so the, the, some of the decisions that are made there will also impact me. But the fake news that we have, well, you know, you're going to try to put this group against that group. Ultimately, all of us are impacted by those kinds of decisions. And so it's it's kind of a, uh, as you say, you know, you have to you have to really spend some time now, really trying to figure out first of all what your own values are. And then, you know, how do you get appropriate and accurate information? Yeah, yeah. Um, it also has to do with the immediacy of the situation. Mm -hmm. um, you can take, um, let's just take two issues. We'll take the war in Ukraine where on, on media you can see people being killed. Mm -hmm. Okay, right in, literally in right in front right. of your eyes. Okay. And then... Um, on the other hand, if you take 
COVID, for instance, how we saw people on respirators in hospitals, okay? Um, and we and literally, your brain has to make assessments of this in order to how in how to effectively deal with it. Some people give money, okay, mm-hmm. for particular causes that um, connect. Um, if somebody dies that's close to you or is sick that's close to you, that affects you you differently. I'm going to give a little twist to this one, which came up in, um, I also believe it was the New York Times, um, pets. Okay, now think about this. You know, for many people, um, pets are, um, are are just like family members. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I would certainly consider that for, you know, my own dog, Murphy. Um, but think about the people in Ukraine. Okay, to a certain extent, all of a sudden, you know, these poor animals, whether they're, what do they do? That <laughs> They're yeah. displaced, okay? They're displaced with their families, or are they left? Um, and so these are, this is another component of, of, of trying to get things back to some kind of semblance of, of normal. You know what they're saying? You know, interesting enough, most people don't think about uh, pets as part of public health. Exactly. Well, there's veterinary I mean, public health. Right, 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 right. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, I, I saw in, in Ukraine, they had a they had a dog that was a hero because he yeah. was sniffing out bombs. You know, yeah. but most people don't think about I know. that. I and know. and, and it's, it's quite interesting that you would that you would bring that up. And you're absolutely right. What happens to those 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 people, those individuals? I mean, I saw a couple of stories where there was a, a a woman that had her dogs with her, you know. But how do you feed them? Yeah. How do you feed yourself? Exactly. You know and so right. all of these kinds of things come up during uh, during war. You know, people are struggling for themselves. They're struggling for their pets. Uh, I mean, so those are those are real things, uh, absolutely, and, and they all are connected to public health, and we don't think about them like that, right? So bring it full circle. Pets also, if they're displaced, become vectors for disease. If you had a, yes. you know, chickens, your 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 um your guard dog, your horses, pigs, those are all now unsupervised vectors for disease. Correct. Are just roaming about, and then you also have an increase in stray dogs and cats. God only knows there's going to be twice as many when everybody returns. Right. They're all mi- mixing and mingling. You know what else right. is to do? Right. So right. Not only do people lose their 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 children, but you know they've also created a public health issue that mm-hmm. people aren't thinking about. So you know, I want to. Um, bring this up as we kind of um, get close to the uh, the end of this show. Again, we could talk about this mm-hmm. for, for a long time. But um, generation to generation. So let me, let me use World War II as as an illustration. Um, you know, I have I have friends whose um, parents 
were um, Holocaust mm -hmm. survivors. Okay. And the conversations that go on even yet today about that are, are very, very heartfelt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's, let's fast forward. Ukraine, there's going to be a generation mm -hmm. of, of, you know, the next generation will be discussing, you know, my parents and, mm -hmm. you know, my grandparents and my dear friends were all killed mm -hmm. and they were, um, they were buried in mass graves. Mm -hmm. Somebody would say, what implications does that have to make the world a better place going forward? Mm -hmm. All right, which is which is hard, but generations will be talking about this mm -hmm. going forward. I don't have the answers to it, but I do believe that the mere fact that we're talking about it mm -hmm. should help. Yeah, I'm with you, Stan. I think that that uh, it's unfortunate that we are in this situation. Uh, it's it's good that we still have access to talk about it because as we talk about these things, we know that there are other people that have, you know, interest in, in making the world a better place. You know, other people are looking for conversations that, that they believe are, 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 are real, real conversation, not the, not the fake stuff. And yeah. I think that that's one of the things that that's important about this show is that we don't have the answers. Well, we do, we do have a lot of questions and we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of comments and things like that. Uh, we will research an issue as much as we can. Uh, but in, in the time that we have with our, with our listeners, we want to make sure that they have, uh, they, they hear from us, number one, but that they hear, they hear from our, our hearts, how that we do care about the public. We do care about the health of our communities. You know, we do care about the conversations that are going on. We care about the the next generation that's coming behind us, and uh, we care about having a, a a safe and healthy community. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I, th I think everybody's got to find that place. You know, right now, and we've got a lot of things that we got to talk about. I mean, you know, coming up, we got, we, you know, we're going to be talking about a chronic disease. You know, and uh, you know, you got to find your place right in this, in this in in this conversation and the mere fact i think i think it's healthy to talk about it sure. i think that that helps or it should help right one thing that i want to say to to our um our listeners is this is that we've i think just somebody help me out this is our fourth fourth show fourth Four. show if you have if you've if you listen to some of the some of the issues or some of the back programs and you have questions get them to us. Okay. And, you know, one of these shows, maybe we'll devote to, you know, answering some, some questions for, um, for listeners. Um, let's see. So Clarence mentioned kind of alluded to, you know, what we're, what's coming down, down the pike and uh, our next shows, not necessarily in order. We have to figure out the order here, but we'll, we'll you'll hear about them. We're going to be addressing diabetes from a, um, a professional standpoint and also from uh, from two people that have diabetes type 1 and type 2. One show we're going to be devoting to health gadgets. Think about that, you know, whether it's, you know, your 
your smartphone or a watch or uh, Bluetooth enabled blood pressure cuffs, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to devote a show to health gadgets. Then we're also going to be looking at substance abuse, which is another big topic. And we're seeing an increase in substance abuse, certainly due to, um, to COVID. So that that's in line for our, our next shows. And we hope all of you as, as listeners of Health Chatter will Stay with us and keep the conversations alive. Any last minute thoughts, Clarence? I have one. And it was just, this was put. Aaron just put this into the, uh, the column. Uh, you can email us at healthchatter22 at gmail.com. Again, that is healthchatter22 at gmail.com. And so I, I want to say thank you to our listeners for listening to us and for our, our colleagues. Uh, who have helped us to prepare for this show. Thank you all, and we will health chat next time. So long.